Welcome to Connecting Our Community, brought to you by the North Andover Elder Services. Connecting Our Community is an educational series to connect you to local resources and to help you and your family age with dignity and independence. My name is Kathy Shelp, and I am the director of the North Andover Elder Services. We operate programs and services at the Senior Center located at 120 Main Street, right behind Town Hall. Today we're going to talk about um, housing and assisted living and long-term care and how we're going to pay for that. And with us is Quintara Costa. She's a certified financial planner for over 15 years. Her specialty is helping the sandwich generation prioritize goals related to kids, self, and aging parents. In 2016, she created a Facebook group, Merrimack Valley Seniors and Caregivers, for local families and professionals to problem solve, share resources, and learn about upcoming events. Um, over the past last, over the last few years, she has been quoted by numerous times by respected publications and locally featured by Boston Voyager magazine. In 2019, she joined the North Andover Council on Aging and currently serves as our secretary. Welcome, Quintara. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you. So we, we talked last week um, about assisted living and long-term care and what the different options are. So now we wanted to talk to you about paying for for that. Um, and if we can specifically maybe talk about assisted living first. and uh, Yeah, absolutely. I get a question on elder care planning and the affordability of it all. And assisted living is one I hear about as an option all the time. Um, and there's different kinds of assisted livings, right? There's a traditional kind where you start maybe more independent, then you get the assisted living package, and then you might graduate to their memory care unit. Um, and all of those um, different areas within an assisted living have different pricing. Um, and it's done differently at community to community. So it might be a la carte pricing, you know, where you're paying for the little bits of laundry and meals and things like that. And some of it's um, all inclusive per se. Um, so I think what's interesting is as I build out a financial plan for someone, um, really helping someone understand what assisted is, what is included in that, how it might be priced out, looking at their specific financial situation to at least get a understanding of the parameters of what they could afford so that as they start looking at options, you know, let's say you're someone who's 80 yep. <laughs> and you're now interviewing communities and understanding what's available, you, you would go in with a sense of what you could afford. Um, because some, as I mentioned, they're all a little bit different and sometimes each room's the exact same build out mm -hmm. and therefore the exact same price. Some are two bedrooms, some are one, some have a little living room, some are a studio. Um, so I think doing your homework ahead of time and building it in your financial plan um, can kind of help set the expectation for you so that as you go tour communities, <laughs> you yeah. know kind of what what you're looking for. And you're also not sticker shocked by the price you see sometimes. Right. So I've just seen in the last Gentworth uh, report that it came out that the average assisted living right now in Massachusetts is $6,500 a month. Is that something that you're seeing as well? Honestly, to me, that's a little, almost on the low end. Okay. Um, and I, well, I read that Genworth yep, report yep. as well. Um, to me, that's again assisted, but maybe more of an independent unit, okay. you know, where not so much assistance is needed. Um, and so a lot of times what I'll say is, you know, if we're not looking at any specific community, I'll reference that Genworth and say, okay, let's use 6,500 as our base. Right. And then you're, you're coasting, you know, in this independent unit for three years and then 
Now you graduate and you need a care package, and that might be an extra $1,000 a month. So now you're up to $7,500 a month. And then you, you coast there for another couple of years, and now you might need the memory care package. And moving over there could be $8,500 right. a month. Um, so, and, and through all that, I also do about a 3 to 3.5% three inflation because I see that across the board. <laughs> I do think it's one of those, uh, you know, when, when people are looking and, um, and I think interviewing uh, facilities, and it's a, it's a great word, word to use because you should be interviewing them and not waiting for them to give you their sales pitch. You should be mm-hmm. asking them what you want. And um, I think people, they think they're going to go in and this is going to be my cost, and they're not always getting that. I think that's great advice to, to think about that. This cost is going to go up. This is not your cost forever. The cost is going to go up, and and like at a minimum, I'm saying three to three and a half percent a year. That's just normal. Um, And then the packages can layer on, and and I see it all the time where, you know, I think there's a little bit of pride in it where you go in and you don't want to you don't want to accept more than you need, Mm -hmm. but that could be your best day when you move in, and so they will set you up and accommodate more of an independent package that feels better from a pricing standpoint. And you're not feeling like people are bugging you all day with with the needs. But as you, as you say, you know, that could be just for a year or so. And then that new expense does come in and rightfully so, because they'll be doing more for you you at a time you need it. Yeah. And, and for, for our listeners that don't know, so when you go into an assisted living, the prices, you have a rent price for your apartment and, and then, and that generally includes food also in there and some care, but depending on how much care you need, that price can go up. So if you just need help with one item a day, maybe you just want somebody to come and remind you to come down to dinner, then that may be included. But if you also need help with the showering and uh, uh, doing laundry and different things will add on to the cost. For sure. And and what I think is actually so great about assisted living and compared to, let's say, home care, trying to replicate the services at home is that if you really only need an hour of care a day, like true, someone walks in, helps you with the toileting, helps you with the showering, helps you with reminders, the med management, they really do five increments of uh, five minutes of increment time. Right. So they're just popping in, doing what's needed, leaving. And it's very subtle in terms of them uh, providing, you know, supervision assistance where it's just making sure you did come down to yes. eat, that they're just walking by peeking in, you know, but they're not sitting with you, Yes, <laughs> you yes. know, feeling like it, they're invading your space. It's just done so well and so subtly that yes, you know, they're going to notice pretty quickly you're on the floor. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I love the model of assisted living. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that, um, and this is going to be a whole nother topic. It could be a whole nother podcast about what we're going to do as a country so people can afford it. Um, because it is is very pricey, and it leaves out a huge segment of our population, and um, but I think it is um, it's a great model, a great model yeah. to live to live in. You there's people around you all the time. Your meals are made for you. The meals are generally dining room or restaurant style. You can choose off a menu what you want to eat. Um, eat almost when you want to eat. It's not wide open, but you, there's a lot of freedom. Right, and and it just depends on. You know, I've looked at this for so many different people's financial situations, you know, some where it's more they're renting, they're just getting by as is. So the idea of assisted living is a totally new expense Mm -hmm. um, on top of what already they're doing, and it's just not possible. Um, There are some opportunities we can get into that, but 
it's really meant for people who own a home. They have a decent cost of ownership in that, um, cost of groceries, property tax, everything related to it. And so a lot of this is, you know, once you let go of the home, the expenses related to it just now kind of shift over to mm-hmm. the cost of yep. rent. And, you know, especially in this area, this Miramac Valley area, there is some wealth here. Um, and so people are easily spending $6,500 right. to even 10000 a month owning their home, as nutty as that sounds. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just the cost to keep the landscapers going and things. So it just, it, it, you know, I think what happens is when people think of elder care and they have a financial plan run for them, what I see happen most frequently is the advisor is running the cost of their current living expenses to the bitter end. And then on top of that, layering on this elder care expense, where what usually happens is it's a shift in how money is being spent. So you do sell the home, you you lose those ownership expenses, and it's replaced instead of added onto with assisted living. For right. many people, not yep. all. Right, but, right, right. But for right. many. And so... You know, it's something to critically think through when you have your plan run because adding just a huge elder care expense on top of your already potentially high spending will just tank a plan. And it absolutely be overwhelming. It just tanks it. And it's kind of terrifying as a client, you know, someone who is seriously considering, well, I might need care, you know, when I'm 90. Um, And then, you know, you kind of just shove that away thinking, I can't afford it. I don't want to think about it. You know, we'll worry about it when it happens. But really just make sure that when it's getting illustrated that it's, it's, it's relative to your situation. It's relative to the idea that you might be willing to sell your home. And now that becomes liquid asset to pay for something like rent and that a lot of expenses you have right now do fall off and <laughs> right <laughs> things and then like you, that and you won't it's almost seamless right almost seamless what is um if somebody has put their house in a trust mm-hmm. and then they need to sell it in order to go into assisted living can they do that does that work yeah we get this question all I'm the sure. time <laughs> so <laughs> there are two kinds of trusts and that's really the big thing here um, a revocable trust. So starting with REV, revocable. Um, most people own their home in a revocable trust because that's the only way to put a beneficiary on the, the home other than co-owning it with somebody. Okay. So if let's say you're a widow, you own your home, you have it in the name of the trust and you were to pass away owning the home, the trust would allow it to pass to your heirs without having to go to court and probate. Uh, owning it directly, if you passed away, it would now go to probate, the judge would look at your will. So that's why they're so popular. Mm-hmm. Now, a revocable trust is just an extension of yourself. It's your social security number. It's what's called a pass-through entity on your tax return. So there's nothing complicated about a trust. It's really just for the, it's just ho- you holding a bucket. That's all. Okay. <laughs> so to sell your home that's in the name of a revocable trust now just creates, you know, cash mm-hmm. that you can invest, pay bills with, do whatever you like. I would say continue to own it probably in that revocable trust and, you know, leave some of it in cash for your expenses, invest the rest that you don't need right away. Um, but it's yours to do whatever you'd like with. An irrevocable trust, so the one that starts with IR, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a different story. That you're truly giving your home to the trust. You no longer own it. It's not yours. It is 
the trust. And right. not only that, you're not the trustee. <laughs> you're someone you name is. So usually your child, mm-hmm. um, but not you. And the idea behind that is you do an irrevocable trust when you really want to divorce yourself from that asset, whether it's cash, the house, whatever you're putting in it. You don't want it represented on your net worth anymore. And that's because you might be doing Medicaid planning. Right. Okay. Now, sure. A, you have to let five full years go by of you being divorced from that asset and it living in trust before in the eyes of Medicaid, it would be seen as divorced from Mm -hmm. you. Otherwise, they're going to say, hasn't been long enough. You did this on purpose. Right. We're (laughs) taking it. We're taking it back. Um, If, you know, down the road now 10 years and, and you say, oopsie, I actually want it back. If there's a way to untangle it, um, Medicaid's certainly going to say, well, if you can untangle it, we can untangle right. it. So, you know, it's the best way it's written is that you really have no strings attached because any string you have that you can make changes and access that money, Medicaid's just going to say the same thing. If you can touch it, I, that's how right. I always describe it. If you can touch it, I can touch it. Um, the, the thing to be just completely understanding with the irrevocable trust is that so many forms of preferred elder care do, are not covered by Medicaid. Right. Assisted so, living is one. Right. Yeah. So yep. assisted living is private pay only. Home care is largely private yep. pay only. Um, and it's really just the nursing home that Medicaid would step in to cover should you truly spend down your assets. Or, you know, the five years goes by and you've really divorced yourself and they look at the trust and they say, fine, you can't touch it. Right. We can't touch it. Um, but what's so ironic to me is, I get two questions. Can I protect my money and I'm never going to go to a nursing home? You know, like I will, I will pay for whatever care is needed before I go to a nursing home. So I say, well, then I don't think an irrevocable trust is for you (laughs) because you, you will need that money and you can't protect it from home care and assisted living. So that's that. So, right. And, and I think that one I know people always look at it, you know, how can I, how can I, how can I protect my money and protect my assets, you know, for my heirs and and how to do that. But one thing that happens, so if you do need a nursing home care and you have to use Medicaid, because we, none of us really know, we all say, no, we want to age in place, we want to age at home, but you just don't know what's going to happen. Nursing home care is 17 to $20,000 a month and Medicaid picks up, I think two to three, two out of three Medicaid has to pay it. So if you don't have the money, you've put your money away, you've protected your money, you may not get to choose where you go. Right. And and what I say to people on that, and this is the advice of the nursing homes themselves, (laughs) you know, it's, I don't usually recommend spending through all your assets. And then now, now once you're Medicaid qualified to then apply to go to skilled care. Right. Um, so usually if you're just an individual, you've now spent down to $2,000. That's all you have. You put in your Medicaid application they say, fine, good luck finding a bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and a reason for that is because I, I just spoke to a, a, a place and, you know, I said, don't, I don't know if this is a hundred percent accurate, but this is what I was told. Mm -hmm. I said, what's the private pay rate? And they said, you know, right now it's about 400 to 450 a day, depending on what style of room you have. Okay. What, what do you get through Medicaid for that same, they said, oh, under $200. And they take that as payment. They take it yes. as payment, but how inequitable for them. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a huge disparity in what they're, what they're asking for <laughs> to run, yeah. run the room versus what they're getting. So they really need 
people coming in to pay something at the private pay rate in order for it to just work out financially. And so they can afford the the Medicaid rate. So usually what I've been told and what I've seen is that when you're spent down to maybe $50,000 worth of assets, I say, get your butt in a bed. Yeah. Because they'll find a bed for you. They'll find a bed and you'll get to choose where you go. And your butt's in the bed now. They're not going to kick you out. Yep. Not as far as I've seen, really. I don't think they can kick you. I mean, if you, they can out of assisted living. If you run out of money, they can evict you. It's very difficult to do and it takes a long time and they have to find a place to put you. That's why they have to be very diligent to know that someone's coming in there, that their money's going to last. Right. And, um, but assisted, nursing home, I don't think they can kick you out. Right. And the only time I've seen it really snafu for people is when the community itself shuts down. Yeah. yeah. And so now you have to be relocated. And right. that's tough because now you have a lot of people looking for those style beds. Right? I think that's great advice, though. Uh, you know, using your, your last $50,000 to get in. And again, then you're choosing where you want to go. Because if you want to stay in a nursing home that's that's in the Merrimack Valley, because that's where your family is, right. you're going to be able to choose that. Whereas if you have to take a Medicaid bed, they're going to put you wherever they right. can find space for you. Yeah. So 50000 is where when I'm looking at a plan and kind of seeing year by year how the spend down is going, yeah. can kind of figure out a trajectory of like, all right, <laughs> yeah. just, in three years, you're going to be around 50000 And that's if you've been doing really well in assisted living great, you know, stay there. But at that point, you're going to have to make a decision. And if from a medical standpoint, you really could be accepted by a nursing home. To me, that's the, that's the point of where you might want to get over there, there. get your butt in a bed. And then also, um, they'll help with the Medicaid application. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yes. They're immensely helpful. And it's, it's a crazy application. It's not so easy. That's why they have to help you because it is a complicated, complicated, um, form to do. And it's, it's like getting on mass health. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that need help to fill out that application um, because of applications. And there's even certain programs that, you know, aren't full Medicaid. They're, you know, I call it like Medicaid light, where yeah. on your way to through spend down, they might be able to give you a lower cost prescription program where a lot of your prescriptions are right. supplemented. Um, there's certain things that they can sign you up for in advance so that the money can last just a bit longer. Yep. Um, had a question and it just just came out of my head um but what what is the uh single most question you think you get asked about financing (laughs) or the the single most problem that you see that people face the biggest issue i see is just the reluctance to consider elder care prior to it being needed And I just think that's a huge mistake. I think as young as 50, Mm -hmm. it should start being a consideration. And it's nothing that means you have to act on it the next day. Um, I actually wrote a workbook called Transition Triggers to help people through this and Mm -hmm. actually to kind of couple it with their estate plans because they, in a way, go hand in hand. Um, But the workbook I call Transition Triggers. And it's really, to me, giving the opportunity for whoever, you know, was 50 plus to kind of set their own rules as to when they think it would be reasonable to trigger a transition. Where they would go. Where they would go. What would happen, you know, and, and, and why, what's the trigger in their own words while you're reasonably thinking about it and you're not so emotionally connected. Um, So for instance, it's like, 
you know, you're 80 and you've totaled your car. Is that reason enough (laughs) to stop driving? You know, yes or no. Or if not, what is it? Is it after you've hit, (laughs) you know, side view mirrors a, a number of times? Or what is it in your own words as someone who's 50 plus sounds right to you as a reason to stop driving? And then how do you accommodate it? Because I think what happens is people stop short of, okay, I'll stop. But it's like, but what are you going to do? Right. And then how are you going to get by choosing where you live and where there's transportation? I just had somebody in, they built these new 55 and older housing out um, in, in, I think it's on the, the, up in North Reading somewhere. um, And they built them and there's no transportation. So now you have people 55 and older moving in there, which is all great. But then what happens when they can't drive anymore? They're not on any public transportation right there's no yeah uh, trains it's um it's real I I worked for a year between senior centers that I worked in I worked for a year in assisted living and the one thing that I saw happen routinely people coming in on a Friday my mother is in rehab they're dismissing her on Sunday and they told us she can't go home so now it, this goes right back to when you're 50, you need to be looking at it. Well, what would you want? She can't go home and they have to make a decision where they're going to place her mother. And they're now making an emotional decision. Right. Because they've not prepared for it. And, um, and it's, it was just so eye opening to me to see it. And it happens all the time, all the time. And, and that's my, you said it perfectly. And that's exactly what I try to warn against or help people prepare for, um, ahead of time. It's that, you know, let's say, you know, like my mother, 75 living in a local community, like we're not dealing with rehab yet or anything like that. But like, I would like her to kind of, and us to figure out if something happened, what rehab would we want to go to? If you couldn't come out of it, which skilled care community are you most comfortable with? Which assisted living? Right. You're not going tomorrow, you know. And, and you may never go. And they, they, you may never most go. Most people, the vast majority of people age in place and age in their home. They right. don't. They might need a couple hours a day or a couple hours a week of care coming in, somebody helping them. And even that's not... A, I, we don't want, I don't want people to misunderstand that everyone's going to end up right. needing long-term care. They're not, but you need to be prepared to what you want. What, what's important to you? Is the socialization important to you? Is medication management important to you? What's important to you in a community? And communicating it to those yep. that will be effectively making some of these yeah. decisions because you're not able to in the moment. I always, you know, and I think, like you say, at 50, if you're going to visit somebody, take a look around and say, yeah, this is great. I would live here someday. Or look in and say, oh, no, I'm never coming here. Don't send me to this place. I say it all yeah. the time. I just spoke to a family who she's mid-70s wondering, you know, what's the CCRCs and assisted living, or do I want to do home care and stay here? And, you know, I said, you're, you're not in a crisis right now, which is awesome. You're yeah. thinking about it proactively. Ask if you can stay a weekend at some of these places because most of them accommodate. That. Oh, they will. Oh, yeah. They want you to come in. They and want stay you and, to come in. Yep. So, and I said, take advantage of that. Go. And what does the food taste like? Yep. Who are the t- other types of residents there? What are the rooms really like inside? What is everybody actually saying on the inside? You know, I think assisted living is almost like a you know uh, a sorority or a fraternity. Right. <laughs> you know, you go out. There's people there if you want them, or you go into your own apartment and shut your door if you don't feel like seeing anybody. Exactly. The day, but you still 
have the support system that's just around you 24 hours a day. Right. And and it's just at a much more efficient cost, potentially, depending yeah. on your needs, than trying to replicate that at your home where you're still paying the cost of home ownership, the groceries, any kind of needs you need, plus someone coming in and just sitting with you. They can't the, the issue with the home care, I'd say the break even there is usually around when you need it more than six hours a day yeah. consistently, just from a price perspective when I model this out, because they can't just come in and help you for 10 minutes and leave. No. They just can't. I, and, and that makes sense. I think that's just understandable. But you may be someone that just needs help with toileting and it happens six times a day. But I, they don't know when that six times is right. going to be. And, you know, so it could be like literally 10 minutes, six times a day. So an hour of actual help. Right. right. But they're there for maybe an eight hour, 12 hour shift to accommodate that purpose. It's yeah. just for most people unequitable. It's very logical when you put it that way. Right. It's just very logical. And yeah. so, you know, to, to then transition then to the idea of an assisted living, it's scalable because now they have people just around all the time. They can pop in, help, leave. And then they go on <laughs> to the next person. Right. Yeah. And it's that not to home. say yep. I have anything against home care at all. Right. Um, but when you're in a position where you can't schedule the need, you know, and it's not a pre preventative thing. Like, oh, I'm going to have Susie come in for four hours, three times a week. We're going to meal prep together for the week. And she's going to do my laundry and help me walk the dog. And like that can all be scheduled and isn't right. like a timely, yeah, <laughs> a right. timely thing. <laughs> and that makes the most sense to me. That's so much more equitable than switching your whole life around potentially to, to accommodate right. a scaled service. Um, and that's actually called more companion care. Right. When you just need help with meal prep or like say walking the dog, walking the dog is becomes, comes a problem for people. Right. And, and getting their dog out. And then you can always think, oh, well, maybe if I just fence my yard in, now I can handle the dog and, and we're good. There might be other ways around that. Sure. And as opposed to assisted living, but you can take your dog to assisted living too. You can. So. <laughs> you can. At my aunt's community, someone just moved in with four cats. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Right, that's a lot, but, <laughs> but good for them. Well, Quintara, is, is there anything else you want to add that pop it in? No, I think we covered high level. Yeah. I mean, again, this is something I, I get these questions, I guess I'll say not just from people, you know, considering it for themselves, but from yeah. the, the adult children. Mm -hmm. That's actually where I get the questions the most, where right. they're kind of juggling their own stuff. And now they have this parent around 80 <laughs> and yeah. nothing's maybe happened yet or one health incident has happened and they're starting to think about it. How is this going to impact my life? How do I talk to them about it? They seem resistant to change and I'm concerned. Um, you know, but I'd say, you know, bring these questions up in the most tactful way. If you are someone that I say is in the sandwich generation, um, avoidance is really helpful for anybody. Um, but I understand there can be sensitivity on the subject, but I think working it in consistently over time, um, really helps prevent making big decisions, um, in the midst of crisis. Yeah. Um, Never good. It's just not good. And your options are limited because you're making a hasty decision with basically no information. 
is the problem. Yep. Whereas at least doing your own homework, you know, if the, if mom, dad doesn't want to talk to you about it, well, you do know their zip code, you know, you can Google, yeah. <laughs> ask Mr. <laughs> Google, like what communities are around. And if you're visiting for Thanksgiving, you know, pop out to the grocery store and scout one out. It's not that you're going to move them in the middle of the night. You know, yeah. it's not a sneak attack, but God forbid <laughs> something happen and they can't return home, you know, per the yep. rehab. And they say, well, where, where are they going? You have an answer and you've seen the community already and you kind of understand the pricing and you're not just like deer in headlights. <laughs> and, and the other thing is we saw people, I saw people that came in thinking they're going to place a parent in assisted living and, you know, get them there and then they find out they can't afford it and they just then, what do I do now? And, and right. now what do I do? And, um, and, it, and it's tough sometimes getting caretakers in your home. And COVID actually showed us that too, mm-hmm. that um, that they couldn't come in or they're, they're coming in and they're not, uh, the people that were home were, uh, the caretakers were coming in and because they're going to multiple places, um, we're bringing the virus in the home. Right. And so, so there, there's, there's pros and cons and to sit down at all of them. And what I want people to not do is when you talk about assisted living, they think about, you know, I'm going to be institutionalized and it's just not that. Right. I really would encourage people to go visit them and see them. And, um, it's just not that. I mean, absolutely. You get, you get an agenda for the day. That's just bursting with activities and things to do. Um, you know, you can bring your car. So if, yeah. especially if you are comfortable driving, you will have a parking spot guaranteed, you know, <laughs> and you come and go as you please. Um, but then when you can't, they have shuttle services or other transport options. Right. So it's kind of as much as you need, which is what I love about it. Um, and then to the extent they can't manage your care anymore, that's where you have to seriously consider, is it time to move to that nursing home and where your assets at and with the spend down and things like and that. And a lot of assisted livings, if they get so they can't manage it, then they do help you bring extra care in. So that becomes your home, and then you can age in home and age in place right. there. It, it, it just flips. So it's, right. So what a lot of times people get confused about is the assisted livings will say, we can accommodate you to the end of your life. Yeah. But I think, even for myself, because this happened to me mm-hmm. <laughs> with family, I took that to mean, oh, dad can stay here till the end of his life. And, you know, I'll just pay the monthly fee and, you know, a little, whatever is needed a little bit more, but like, he'll be here. What happened was, is he started buckling at the knees and needed what's called a two person assist, which most assisted livings, not all of them, but most in Massachusetts won't accommodate. Correct. That's where they'll say, you need to bring someone in to be that second person. We'll be one, (laughs) but you need to provide us number two. Um, and so, it, like you said, the assisted living is now your home, but now you're paying assisted living and home care. Right. And right. again, a two-person assist isn't maybe something you can schedule. <laughs> so, right, right. So you're paying assisted living, and again, and then a, a, a window for someone to be sitting again. Yep. Um, and that's where you have to start critically thinking, does this make sense? Or does something like a nursing home make more sense right. where they have Hoyer lifts and the beds that can go up and down and people available and um and yeah, doing your homework and starting now so doing your homework now. and starting now for yeah. sure and again it's just not it's not that you have to make that transition tomorrow right. <laughs> but it's about doing your homework understanding your options having it influenced in your financial plan so that it's actually accurate to what your preferences are and you have some parameters on what you could afford and then documenting it in a way that when crisis happens and things need to be triggered, 
your second in command. Family knows. No. <laughs> the, and the, the other thing is the cost of, of long-term care varies from state to state. Yes. And if you have children that, say, live in Florida or Virginia at a cost a, a state that's a lower cost than uh, Massachusetts might be, you may choose and say, no, if I need assisted living, I'm going to go live near Susie. Oh, absolutely. So, so, you know, consider those options as well. Arizona, Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, every time I look at their, and I have clients there where I, it's not just what the report says. And you're like, is it really that little? But I have yeah. clients and I'm like, I can't get over, like the nursing home is 7,000 a month. Right, right. You know, so uh, just much more equitable. And like you said, if you have family there that can kind of be that liaison or support and advocate for you all the better. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much. Um, I do appreciate you coming out. There's a lot of information and a lot more. So, um, and you do, uh, to all our listeners, uh, talk to your financial planner um, and get some information and get yourself set and planned and, and think about what you Let's, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. Right. That's <laughs> what we do. But thank you all for joining us today and be sure um, to join us at the Senior Center. This has been brought to you by the North Andover Elder Services, connecting our community through service, experience, and advocacy.